0: Welcome back everybody to podcast episode number eight of TD Takes with TJ Warner and today on this episode we have another schedule breakdown and this week we're going to be breaking down the schedule of the Ohio State Buckeyes but there's going to be a little bit different twist on it. I'm going to kind of go back on the other two schedule breakdowns and add a little element to it as well. So I'll be doing the floor, their ceiling and then my prediction and then I'll also be adding another another layer to that. I'm going to add a reasonable expectation for fans because, you know, it is June and season does not start till September or August 27th if you want to count week zero for some teams. But for most teams, it doesn't start till September. Reasonable expectations. If you're a fan of that team, so for this one, if you're a fan of the Buckeyes, what's a reasonable expectation heading into the season? So we're going to go ahead and break down this Ohio State schedule. We're going to give my floor, the ceiling, my prediction. Then we're going to go back through and give reasonable expectations for Tennessee, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. And then at the very end, I got three segments I want to introduce you guys to see if what's going to be on this podcast in upcoming episodes for sure. And I want to kind of get my listeners involved in more of my podcast. So the, the three segments I'm going to bring in is going to be more listener-based. But let's go ahead and dive into the Ohio State schedule. They start off September 3rd with Notre Dame at home. Everyone knows one of my 10 most anticipated games. That game's been scheduled on everyone's week one list for college football games. Week two, they play Arkansas State. Week three, they play Toledo. Then they play Wisconsin, Rutgers, Michigan State, then a bye week. Then Iowa, Penn State, Northwestern, Indiana, Maryland, and then finish with Michigan and Columbus. Let's go ahead and start on the floor. Worst case scenario for the Buckeyes. What is the worst case scenario? What's the record that's the worst possible? I know I. if you guys looked at my top 25, I know Ohio State's ranked number two in my top 25. But I'm still putting any team that I was even considering for the top 25. Those are going to be teams that I'm going to be, okay, worst case scenario, they lose to that one. So let's go ahead and run through Notre Dame. I had Notre Dame ranked number nine. Wisconsin was ranked. Michigan State was ranked. Iowa was just outside. Penn State was also just outside. And Michigan was ranked. So that's Michigan, Iowa, Penn State, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Notre Dame. That's six teams I named that were at least in contention for the top 25 that me and Dylan did last episode. So if we look at that worst case scenario, I think those are the six teams that have a chance to upset Ohio State because more than likely they're going to be favored in every single game. The Notre Dame over-under line and that odds is already out. I think they're more than likely going to be the favorite even heading into the week, even after that week comes. Ohio State-Michigan game, that could be the only game they're probably not going to be favored in because the line is so far out from now. That could be one that Michigan comes in undefeated and is maybe even ranked higher than Ohio State in the AP poll and kind of has a little... Little playoff implications on that one. We don't really know about that, but Ohio State's going to at least be favored in eleven of the games. But I still, those six teams that I mentioned, I think those six teams have a chance to knock off Ohio State Buckeyes this year, and that's why those six teams are going to be considered losses in the floor for Ohio State. So I have Ohio State going six and six on the floor. For the ceiling, though, like I said earlier, Ohio State's going to be—they're going to be favored in eleven of the twelve games at worst. More than likely 12 out of the 12 games because the Ohio State-Michigan game is in Columbus. So more than likely they're going to be favored 12 out of the 12 games. So if they're going to be favored in the games, why would their ceiling not be 12-0? and I think very well the ceiling could be 12-0 and for Ohio State. And let's kind of break down the schedule and go through my prediction of, this, of the Ohio State schedule now. Kind of dive into the Buckeyes. So what do we know about the Ohio State Buckeyes? Well, they're returning a Heisman finalist, C.J. Stroud. They have... One of the best wide receivers, Jackson Smith, that had an amazing Rose Bowl game. Now, will he ever have another game like the Rose Bowl? More than likely, not. There is about a 1% or 2% chance that he has that type of game ever again in his college career because, you know, he's one more year and he's going to the NFL. They have another running back coming back, Travion Henderson. So they have absolute firepower on the offensive side and only much more younger talent coming up. Defensive side, they have Jack Sawyer, JT, on the defensive line. Ohio State's linebacker core has been more the weakness of the team. I think the secondary could have been considered the weakness of the team two or three years ago. I think it's a lot better now. Denzel Burke is a lockdown corner. They got it in the transfer, Tanner McAllister. Cameron Brown is coming back for another year for Ohio State. That was a big, big get for Ohio State. It's kind of why you saw a couple DBs kind of transfer out of that room because you know, they didn't have a chance to even get playing time with some of the guys staying. I think Ohio State's biggest hole in the whole roster is the linebacker core, but I think it's a lot better than where it was last year. I think it's pretty much the same guys, and they brought in a guy named C.J. Hicks. That was a five-star talent in 2022. I think he's going to help that linebacker core even more. So let's go ahead and dive in. That's where I have Ohio State's roster at. Special teams, even even better, honestly. Special teams might be the best group out of offense, defense, special teams. Special teams might be the best group for Ohio State this year, so watch out for that. Let's break down their schedule. Notre Dame week one September 3rd. We talked about this in the Notre Dame schedule breakdown. This game has been talked about a lot on this podcast and I picked Notre Dame to lose that game. So why would I go back on that? I've kind of already talked about that game. I'm not going to talk too much about it this time. I think Tyler Buckner's good but is he good enough week one? I think he's going to win the starting job. That's going to be a big win for him. Is he going to be able to beat the Ohio State Buckeyes in Columbus week one? I just don't think so. And they play Arkansas State and Toledo back-to-back games at home, starting out on a five-game road or a five-game home stretch to start the season. Arkansas State and Toledo's week two and three, I think those are both wins as well. I'm not going to really dive into that. September 24th, they play Wisconsin Badgers at home. Braylon Allen is a guy to look for, but if you guys remember, there was a Big Ten championship game in 2014 that Ohio State faced Melvin Gordon. And Melvin Gordon and the Wisconsin Badgers did not get across the 50-yard line that whole game. I think this Wisconsin team is is also a little bit one-dimensional. I don't think they have quite the talent on wide receiver like they did two, two three years ago. I think Wisconsin was turning in the right, right, right direction with the skill position players. Now I think they're kind of taking another step back. And Paul Christ is a really good head coach, but I think he really knows his identity is running the football. I think Ohio State does a really good job of stopping the run this year. I think they stopped Braylon Allen. I think that game, if Wisconsin definitely cannot run the ball and Ohio State plugs it like I think they can, that game could get ugly. But let's not let's not look ahead of that. that Braylon Allen is still a really good running back. But when you're sending all your resources to stop that guy, I think that kind of makes Wisconsin's offense really one-dimensional. I think Ohio State's secondary is too good to kind of throw deep on too with the type of talent that wisconsin has on the outside i think house they gets the job done there they play october 1st against rutgers at home greg shiano's got rutgers trending in the right direction and they're in the big 10 east it's hard to turn in the right direction I think greg shiano's got a chance to make a bowl game this year which for rutgers that is a big improvement and again he's in the big 10 east so he's got about four automatic losses every year depending on who he pulls from the west as well if he pulls like a Wisconsin and Iowa from the west that's a six automatic losses because they play Michigan State Penn State Michigan and Ohio State every single year those are four teams Rutgers has to play every year that's just it's tough to say Rutgers is just not going to get the job done on, on this day either they play October 8th at Michigan State in East Lansing Mel Tucker and let's not forget Mel Tucker is a really good coach he's he brought in transfers from everywhere last year and put them together and made a solid team. a team that went up and beat Michigan last year, a playoff team. I think they're going to be right back. I think that offensive line, like I talked about in the top 25, is is almost completely back. And I think Mel Tucker even builds a better roster around. I think he brought in a running back from Colorado, his old school that he was coaching at. I think he has a similar type of type of year of Kenneth Walker, I'm not going to go and say he puts up the numbers that Kenneth Walker put up. I'm not going that far. But I'm saying it's a breakout type of season to where people will know his name and be like, oh man, this Michigan State team is the real deal again. Let's not like overlook them. And the Michigan State defense is going to be good. East Lansing is going to be rocking that game. Again, October 8th, week six. Everyone needs to have that week marked on their calendars to watch football all day long. Because this Ohio State-Michigan State game is going to be a good one as well. Is Michigan State's secondary good enough to compete with Ohio State? That's the biggest question in this one. They weren't last year, obviously. Ohio State just threw the ball over top of the defense the whole time and just looked like they were having a heyday out there. I think C.J. Stroud has the ability to do that again. I think the wide receiver core is even deeper this year at Ohio State. I know they lost two first rounders at the wide receiver position to the NFL draft and not because I'm a Buckeye fan or biased. I think the wide receiver core is actually deeper this year. I, I really believe that Ohio State's going to be able to do this, almost the same thing they did last year, though, to Michigan State because this is secondary, he's made improvements. He's made Mel Tucker has made improvements. He's made adjustments in the secondary. He's brought in new freshmen that I feel like can have an impact. He's brought in transfers, a transfer from Georgia, even, in the secondary. He's made improvements, but I just don't know if it's enough to beat Ohio State. I have Ohio State winning that one, going six and zero into the bye week which is big for Ohio State after that one. Because going into a bye week, having a time to prepare for your next two-game slate, which is Iowa, then at Penn State, that is big for Ohio State. That's going to be a bye week much needed for the Buckeyes. So October 22nd, they play Iowa in Columbus. And I think that's the big thing for Ohio State because, flashback, Ohio State does not do too well in Big Ten West road games for some reason at Iowa, at Purdue. They just kind of have slip-ups every now and then. It being at Ohio State, I think Ohio State gets the job done. I think Kirk Ferentz is a really good coach. I think this is team. This is a team that had a chance to be in my top twenty-five, but they're just on the outside, and them just being on the outside does not mean I think they're going to be competing in Columbus. I think Ohio State gets this gets this one done because they just have too much talent. I know Iowa can develop players really well. I think they just Ohio State has too much talent, too much firepower. I don't think Iowa will be able to put up the amount of points Ohio State will. Ohio State at Penn State. Already been confirmed that it's not a wideout game. And if you're a Penn State fan or really just a college football fan, everyone's pretty unhappy. And I'm a Ohio State fan. As a Ohio State fan, I'm happy that it's not because I know how much of an impact that can have. Josh Pate on the Late Kick show put out a stat that he found that it was something like they, they don't allow over like 25 points during a wideout game. This never happened. So that that is a crazy stat, and I think Penn State really messed up not making this a whiteout game, even though it's a big noon kickoff game. So it's still good. the kickoff's going to be at noon no matter what, noon Eastern time. It's not going to be a night game. I still think you can make a whiteout game during the day. I think it's not that big of a deal, just because you want a whiteout game at night. It's I don't think it's that big of a deal. But Penn State's fan base still going to be rocking that game they play Ohio State. It's going to be a top. 10 team for sure at this point Ohio State will still be a top 10 team for sure they could slip up one game through there and still be a top 10 team maybe they lose to Notre Dame week one or Wisconsin week four I think they still can be a top 10 team at that point when they play Penn State so those fans are gonna be rocking for sure Sean Clifford Nick Singleton the freshman running back he'll have a big game look for him to have a big game they lost their leading receiver Jahan Dotson to the NFL draft who steps up in that role who, who is the guy on the outside that stepped up in that role? Is, is it maybe even a tight end that looks to be Sean Clifford's number one target? I don't know. Penn State's defense is going to be just fine, though, as well. They're they're pretty much back. I like the way James Franklin coaches, but I just don't think he gets it done this year because this, this is as much talent Ryan Day has ever coached at Ohio State this year. And I think Ohio State gets the job done heading into a an easier three-game stretch at Northwestern, Indiana, than at Maryland. If I had them winning those three games in my floor, I'm gonna have them winning that in my prediction. So I'm not gonna to talk too much about them. At Northwestern, Pat Fitzgerald, really good coach, but I don't think Northwestern is gonna be the team that we saw in 2018 and 2020 when they competed for the Big Ten championship. It's not gonna be that. Tom Allen, in Indiana, he lost his quarterback Michael Penix to the transfer portal. I don't know exactly who's gonna be starting for him. They kind of been throwing in a lot of quarterbacks names. Really, last year, anyways, trying to figure that out. So, I don't really know how Indiana is going to compete with Ohio State. Maryland did compete with Ohio State two years ago when it was at Maryland, when it was during the COVID year. And they got the ground game running. I just don't think Maryland has the firepower or the willpower on defense to stop this Ohio State train that's going to be coming through November 19th. Ohio State goes into the game 11 and 0, in my opinion. And I think Michigan also comes into this game undefeated this is going to be a playoff game without it being a playoff game the winner of this game will be in the big 10 championship and more than likely win the big 10 and then this the winner of this game is going to be in the playoffs this will be a playoff game this year 100% ohio state and michigan michigan at ohio state november 26th the game i'll be at that one another noon kickoff like it always is every year this is going to be a big game i think We talked about this in the top twenty-five. Michigan's defense is going to be looking a lot different. I think their offense is going to be completely the same, almost. By then, I hopefully, for Michigan's sake, I think Jim Harbaugh needs to decide if there's a starting quarterback or not. He doesn't need to do this JJ McCarthy, Cade McNamara going back and forth. It got him to the playoffs last year. I understand that. That's cool. But Ohio State's—you gotta realize Ohio State's going to come in here and wanting revenge for what happened last year. And with all the remarks that Jim Harbaugh's been saying in the press and what all their. Their fan base has been saying in the press, you don't think Ohio State's heard that. The streak is lost, I understand. But they're looking to start up that streak again. And as a non-biased looking into this game, I think Ohio State is going to win this game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way, though. I, I hope it's a blowout. As a fan, I hope it's a blowout for Ohio State. I just... As a non-biased fan going back and forth, I just don't think it's going to be a blowout. Even though it's at Columbus, I think it's still being a close game. I think Michigan's going to be able to run the ball pretty effectively still. I still think they're going to be able to run the ball. I think they're going to mix in a lot of, a lot of options for the quarterback position, whoever it is at that point. If Maybe he's going back and forth at K. McNamara, J.J. McCarthy still. I don't know. But I think Ohio State still gets the job done. One possession, 10 points maximum is what they're going to win by over this game November 26 so I think they finish off the year 12-0 and that's my prediction. Now we're gonna go back through the three teams that I did. I did Tennessee first. What was my prediction for Tennessee? I predicted they would go 10-2. and What's a reasonable expectation for Tennessee? So if you look back through there the t- two games I had them losing was Alabama and Georgia. Other games to highlight for their schedule is Pitt, Florida, LSU, Kentucky, and at South Carolina. And they're at Pitt and at LSU and at South Carolina in those five games. So if I think they can go three and two in those five games. For sure. I think they can go three and two in those five games. So a reasonable expectation if I'm a Vol fan going into the season, eight and four is a reasonable expectation. It's June. We don't really know what teams are shaking up to be like yet. So a reasonable expectation is eight and four. That's not my prediction, obviously. I thought they were going ten and two. That's a reasonable expectation. So let's move over to Notre Dame. I had them also going 10-2, losing to Ohio State week one and then USC in the very last week. What's a reasonable expectation for them? Well, they also have another good slate of games at North Carolina, BYU neutral site, and then Clemson at home. So they have three other games that I think are potential toss-ups. I think a reasonable expectation. I think they can beat North Carolina. I think it's still a good game, but I think they can beat North Carolina. About 8 out of 10 times, probably. BYU and Clemson could be a toss-up. I think they get one of those games for sure and l- maybe lose another one. I think a reasonable expectation if you're a fighting Irish fan is 9-3. Let's go back to the Ohio State schedule now and do a reasonable expectation if you're a Buckeye fan. My prediction was 12-0. They're going to be a top three team in the nation, talent-wise for sure. What's a reasonable expectation if you're a Buckeye fan? Well, Buckeyes have a big brand. And the fan base is going to be demanding a playoff appearance almost every year. It didn't happen last year. They finished sixth in the nation. I mean that that is a down year for Ohio State considerably to the fan base. I don't think that's really that bad of a year. I think 11 and 1 is a reasonable expectation. It's hard to go 12 and 0 in college football. Let's just let's just put that out there. They have enough big games on this schedule too that it's hard to not see them slip up maybe one time. That's not my prediction that they're going to slip up. But it's a reasonable expectation that they're going to slip up at least one time. Either starting week one, Notre Dame, or maybe the last week at Michigan. Or maybe they slip up at East Lansing or at Penn State or maybe Wisconsin gets them at home. One of those games might get them and they end up 11-1. That's a reasonable expectation if you're a Ohio State fan. The floor is 6-6. Six and six. The ceiling is 12-0. My prediction, 12-0. The reasonable expectation, 11-1. Let's go into my segments that I have coming up so let's start segment number one TD takes I told you guys to hold off on this one because I have I have it coming up and TD takes is pretty much a bold predictions long shot that you are willing to bet your money on you'll send in your takes of college football things or whatever you are willing to bet your money on for this next upcoming season I'll put in the top two or three every time I do this segment And talk them and break them down and give them a one to ten rating on like a TD take scale. So say C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith, and Trayvon Henderson. You think they're all going to win their position award by at the end of the year? All three of them, all three Ohio State players. Well, I'd put that about a nine point five on the TD take scale because that is never going to happen. One, the odds makers or the award pickers, whatever you want to call them, they'll they'll never let that happen. Two the odds of that ever happening is slim to none. If you think one of the 3 would do it, one of those 3 players, I think that brings the scale down a little bit, but like some something along those lines. So, what is what is some bold takes that you guys would be willing to bet your money on for this upcoming college ball season? Next segment I got is program buzz. I'll also give that a 1 to 10 rating. So, let's throw in uh Georgia for say. Georgia just came off the national championship. They return a lot of players and they have a good recruiting class coming in. So I'd look at their last four recruiting classes, do the average of that, look at their coaching staff, who's all left, who's staying, their recent records and recent history, and look at the direction of where the program's going. So Georgia coming off the national championship, having good recruiting classes coming in, the coaching staff staying together, they're going to be higher on the program buzz rating. They'll be around an 8 or 9. It's going to be hard to be a 10 on a program buzz. It's just, unless you're... Nick Saban and Alabama coming off a national championship. It's going to be hard to be a 10. But you'll send in teams that I'll give a program buzz to and kind of put them on my scale and rate and rate them. And my third and final segment is two-minute offense. So pretty much you'll send in any question from this podcast or in any question from coming up from the next college football season. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? It could be anything from why do you think Penn State picked Minnesota to be their wideout game? It could be anything about that too, what do you think about this game or who who do you think about in this situation or what player do you think about in this? You can throw in any question at anything, and I'll answer it in the two minute offense. So I have TD takes, program buzz, and two minute offense. Those are gonna be three segments you guys see very soon, especially during the season. Those three those three will be up there a lot. But that is gonna be it for Podcast Episode 8. I did another schedule breakdown and I introduced three segments that are coming up in this next couple episodes of the podcast but that is all i hope you guys have a great rest of the day podcast episode eight with td takes with tj warner and have a good one